big scouts bummed about the humidor And pick your milk for breakfast cereal Mount Rushmore Happy Hump Day, everybody. Apparently, it is Team Name Wednesday because Scott White is coming at you with a big-time team name in about 20 seconds. I am Adam Azer with Chris Towers, but we don't care because Scott White has a relevant team name, doesn't he, Oh, you, you, you built it up too much. It's, this was just it's my the best team. Ranting. It's honestly the best team name I've ever heard. <laughs> Lucchese at the bat. Lucchese at the bat. <laughs> yes. Mic drop. I don't know what that noise was. For Scott White. Welcome, everybody. Adam Scott and Chris. Chris, uh, again from home with his dog. Your dog doesn't bark in the background. It's nice. I'm worried he might at some point because there's construction going on next door. And if he hears something that sounds like a door, he's definitely going to bark. So just, just be warned. It looks like a dog with like an ear piercing bark, too. Yeah, you know, he's, wrong. he's got a big, he doesn't bark often, but when he does, he barks big. We should have a little bet here. Like, if he barks, okay. if he barks, I win. If he doesn't bark, Scott wins. We have to figure out what the terms are, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gentleman's bet. Why, why, why do I have a, a, like, I didn't, I didn't choose the side here. You're just assigning it to me. I'll let you choose. Bark or no bark? Bark. All right. All right, that dog better shut up then because Scott is taking bark. So, Lucchese and Hyunjin Ryu, both about 30% owned, both coming off eight strikeout over six innings starts with no earned runs. Lucchese, two unearned runs. We'll talk about them. Aaron Sanchez, Florida, with a no-hitter. we got to talk about Scott Kingery. we got to talk about the first baseman that leads all first basemen in steals. It's not Paul Goldschmidt. Deep league stuff, bullpen stuff, and grade the trade a lot more than that. Oh, Worryometer Wednesday with Keiko, McMiggy, Edwin Encarnacion, George Springer, etc. But uh, grade the trade later on, on in the show at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Grade the trade is a Wednesday staple, and I have decided to do a new teacher-themed theme song for every grade the trade. I will be trying to do that for the rest of the season. So that's 25 more, which could be tough, but I got, got one ready to go for today. <laughs> All right, let's go to the standouts. So I think it's an easy question, but they are they are both owned in 30% of leagues. Who would you rather have? Joey Lucchese at the bat or Hyunjin Ryu from Street Fighter? Uh, is <laughs> an easy call. If, right. if not just for the fact that he's young and more exciting and has a little bit of prospect hype behind him and Hyunjin Ryu has been around forever. Also, what they did last night. Lucchese was more impressive. He did that. He went into Coors Field, threw six shutout, six good innings, no earned runs on 82 pitches with, what, 16 swinging strikes? Yeah. And he did that in Coors Field. And he did that primarily as a fastball, curveball guy. That's really impressive. For whatever reason, he is just hard to pick up. Yeah. And that's a weird pitch. That curveball, it's like I've heard it described as like a churve. Because it's like a change-up curve. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his minor league numbers were phenomenal last year. You could see why he didn't get a lot of prospect hype, because he doesn't throw especially hard. But, like, I I am fully on board now. After dominating the Rockies in back-to-back outings, most recently Coors Fields, 
he is must-add. I guess the only thing I can find negative to say about Lucchese is that he hasn't thrown more than 84 pitches in any start, and that's with pitching well each of the last two starts, but uh, I I don't care. (laughs) That could obviously change. So where is he with the other pitchers that we've added so far? Where's Lucchese with Tyler Skaggs, with Mike Fultonevich? They both pitched last night. Um, Ahead of those two for, for me. Yeah? Yep, ahead Agreed. of them. Um, Jake, I'd rather Jake have Junis? Jake Junis okay. because I I liked Jake Junis a lot coming into the year, and he's obviously done nothing to shatter that trust. But um, they're on about the same level. All right. I agree with that, yeah. Interesting. Well, I'd rather have, I think Sean Newcomb's probably a tier ahead of him uh, in terms of the guys that we've been talking about lately, but I think he's right in the next tier. Would you drop Faria for Lucchese? Sure. Scott? Because, mm. like, Faria was the guy doing Lucchese things last year, right? Uh, I think, I, you know, if that was what it took to get Lucchese on my roster, I think I'd do it. I'm not anxious to drop Faria, though. Just to be clear. Okay. And how about uh, Ryu, guys? He's 30% owned. I Oh, yeah. You want to hear Team Scam infighting? This edition of Team Scam infighting. Uh, I picked up <laughs> I picked up Hyunjin Ryu. We had a free roster spot, so I picked up Ryu in the 16-team league. And, uh, you know, whatever. No big deal. I don't know why he was on waivers. <clears throat> well, I guess I do know. But um, <laughs> he's not that great. And uh, then there was somebody that we wanted to pick up that got dropped. I think it was Barnes, who we're not yeah. interested in picking up anymore. Uh, and Scott wanted to drop Ryu, and I wanted Why to drop— Why are we not interested in picking up Jacob Barnes? Dude, he's blowing—he blew another save yesterday. What's the point? I'm not, didn't allow yep. hit. I'm not dropping Ryu for him. <sighs> I, Come I on! Mean, look, at, look at the starters we have. When is Ryu ever going to break our lineup? When there's an injury. 16-team yeah, well. league, you can't be letting a guy like Hyunjin Ryu. Ryu is reliable. Uh, he oh so Scott would rather keep Jamer Candelario and I would rather keep Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, it's an OBP league. Candelario is a good OBP guy. What? I would probably rather have J- Ryu than Barnes. Then I mean, oh, Barnes, Barnes could yeah. very well be the Brewers' closer for the next two months. You know, like there's every uh, Al- Albers blew the save yesterday or two days ago, yeah, right? But he said Barnes has now had two opportunities. And he blew both of them. Yeah. And Albers probably I, I wasn't mean, look, available yesterday. Like it was an inherited ways. runner that scored, right? That was the blown save. I believe an inherited so. runner to He score. walked two. He walked two and two thirds of an inning, though. Yeah. And th- like that, he just hasn't shown it in the role yet. But Scott, somebody has to close. Scott, go pick him up, but don't drop Ryu. <laughs> Do not even think about <laughs> dropping Ryu. Ryu is our worst player. No, Candelario's our worst player. I mean, Ryu had a 474. This is riveting, fellas. Okay, this is just very absolutely. few innings. Team scam infighting. Uh, Ryu's yeah. had a whatever. Ryu's 30% owned. He had a great start against the A's. I guess nobody's all that excited to pick him up. And and the A's are not. They weren't good against lefties last year. They had the sixth lowest OPS against lefties, and they so far have the second lowest OPS against lefties. Probably uh, down from where it was yesterday before the start. But uh, maybe it was just a good matchup for Ryu. Aaron Sanchez, eight innings, one run, five walks, but four, and four strikeouts. So that's not good. 11 walks, 13 strikeouts on the season. Um, what do you think about Aaron Sanchez right now? Would you be putting out some trade offers to get rid of him? As in sell high? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think about it. 
I don't feel like we've seen we haven't seen Aaron Sanchez from two years ago yet. And what I mean by that isn't just results wise. Um, I mean, like he's not, he's not pitching like he did two years ago. He threw like 50% changeups in this start. And that was a pitch he hardly featured two years ago. Like if he has that much confidence in the changeup, it's ultimately a positive development. It's, you know, he, he throws hard. He has a great sinker. At his best, he's one of the best ground ball pitchers in baseball. Uh, but he didn't get a lot of ground balls yesterday. And obviously the walks were high in a way that uh, we don't necessarily expect going forward either. So I don't know I don't know exactly what to make of this. I mean, it so is an opportunity ball, to sell high, I guess. But I still see him as like a top 50 pitcher at worst. Yeah, the ground ball rate over the course of the three starts is still 55%. So that's still where you want it to be. Um the interesting thing for me when I look at him is throwing a changeup more should lead to more swings and misses, but he might not have to sacrifice too much ground ball uh, percentage by doing that just because the changeup tends to be a pitch that you can get grounders with. And so that that's an interesting development if he can continue throwing it for strikes. His stri- swing strike rate is up as well. Okay, so that's Aaron Sanchez. Who would you rather have, Aaron Sanchez or Joey Lucchese? Sanchez. Just checking. Hmm. Oh, uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I I want to drop Sanchez. No, so. no. Well, but, um, okay, go ahead. Uh, like, we've I'll, I'll seen Aaron Sanchez. Sanchez, I'll say Sanchez for now. I'll say Sanchez. We've seen Sanchez do a full season Dallas Keuchel impersonation. Yeah, we had a three yeah, ERA two years ago. We yeah. have. Um, I know Heath would say Luke Casey. So. Heath also Heath here. lets me know that uh, Joey Lucchese has a higher swinging strike rate than Blake Snell and Robbie Ray so far. And wow. Snell's interesting. We'll talk about him. Uh, last guy I want to talk about, then I'll turn it over to you guys, is Scott Kingery, 83% owned, 42% started, grand slam, and two strikeouts yesterday. So far, 258, two home runs. Numbers look a lot better after two recent homers, but so far so good for Scott Kingery. And again, 83% owned. Should it be closer to 100% for Kingery? You know, I actually dropped him. As the guy who's highest on on Kingery on this podcast, I actually dropped him in the podcast league. That's the 12th team head-to-head points league. So, you know, among the shallower leagues I play in. uh, And it was just a roster crunch thing. Eduardo Rodriguez came off the DL, and I felt like Pitt having more capable starting pitchers was a bigger priority in this format. Um, I wish I could still have Kingery because he's about to be triple eligible. He's, he's a great guy to have on your bench in leagues like that, where your bench, you want it to be primarily pitchers. So you could just slot, you know, him in at second, third shortstop as needed. And maybe at some point he'll gain outfield too. Um, but power speed wise, he's basically on pace for what I thought he was going to do. OPS near 900, strikeout rate not concerning in any way. He, he's he's doing about what I expected him to do. Okay, great, Scott Kingery, good stuff. All right, who else, guys? Who else stood out to you? Chris Towers, big standout from yesterday's games. So we'll talk about that Blake Snell start. But the thing that it reminded me of is Yon Mankata cannot hit lefties yet, and it's weird because he's a switch hitter. But it's been a massive problem for him in the majors. He has like a 38% strikeout rate against lefties. And uh, that's going to hold him back. I mean, he's 
He's been fine against right-handed pitchers, 794 OPS, but he's at 592 against lefties. And that trend was not as stark in the minors, but he was still worse against lefties. And it was on full display yesterday. He looked bad against Blake Snell. Oh, boy. He's very fr- – he's – Moncada's frustrating. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I don't think you can drop him yet, right? You just got to wait it out? No, I mean – We talked about it yesterday. It, he's not stealing any bases. In terms of fantasy potential, like, it, there's not that much difference between what we think Ronald Acuna could be and what we think Yon Moncada could be. Like, the upside is that high. Okay, but he's one of them failing. just a tough failing. player to figure out. One of them keeps failing, and, and, and he's not stealing. Sure, yeah, no, that's I'm, – I'm not saying I would – not I would drop Moncada for Acuna if I had to. Right. Uh, it's just that that's the upside based on what we've seen, the prospect profile, what he was in the minors. But it's just for whatever reason, he can't put it together or he hasn't been able to put it together yet. And the sample size is still relatively small. 300 plate appearances total in the majors. But that that just stuck out to me. And I had to I had to look it up again because I looked it up before the season, his splits going back to the minors and then in the majors. And it's just. He looks bad against lefties. I would contrast him with Acuna in the sense that Acuna kept getting better as he moved up the ladder last year, and Moncada kind of faded as he moved up to the point that, um, I mean, faded to a certain extent. The last year before his call-up, the the minor league numbers were just, for a top prospect like that, they were just kind of so-so. Okay. Well, Scott, you got to stand out from Tuesday's games? Uh, so I want to talk about the two pitchers you mentioned earlier, who I said I prefer Lucchese to both of them, but um, Tyler Skaggs and Mike Fultonevich. One I thought was more or less encouraging yesterday, the other not so much. Part of what got me excited about Fultonevich after that second start was um, him throwing a changeup 20% of the time and having good success with it. He's a pitcher who I felt for a while now is a changeup away. Well, in this most recent start, very same matchup, he only threw a changeup 11.5% of the time. And it's not like he got crushed or anything, but it wasn't a particularly impressive start. Um, so he's, he's still kind of fringy, I think, in mixed leagues. But Tyler Skaggs, he's been inefficient the last two starts. This start was the first one where he struggled with walks, but a lot of pitches in the last two. But a lot of swinging strikes in all three of his starts. And just seems like stuff-wise, he's arrived. And um, while there may be some frustrations with innings and wins, I, I feel like he's too talented to leave on the waiver wire. And there's a good chance he fully breaks through this year and, and does start throwing more strikes and pitching more innings and, and is one of the biggest breakout pitchers this year. There's, there's a, I at least see the potential for that. So he'd be the one I prioritized of those two right now, Skaggs over Fultonevich, even though I'm putting him behind Lucchese. Okay, so Tyler Skaggs over Fultonevich for Scott right now. They're both owned in 78% of leagues. That yeah. feels too high for Fultonevich. I, I, two starts, I, I, get I think, them. right? Yeah, velocity is fun, but I can't help but feel like he's just like Andrew Kashner, where we keep waiting for him to put it all together, and it just never actually happens. Yeah. By the way, is it happening for Cashner? <laughs> uh, no, Cashner with another I don't good think start. so. Like, there was some talk about him uh, working, I think, with Dylan Bundy, actually, on a slider. 
uh, Pitchy's been missing since the days where he got a decent number of strikeouts, but he hasn't really thrown it that much. And even though the strikeouts have been up, he hasn't been getting a lot of swinging strikes. It just, it looks like a, a fantasy fake out to me. I, you know, I, as a Skaggs owner in like three leagues, I picked him up after his first start and, and no, really nobody else did. It might've been a night start. Like Lucchese, if he had pitched in the day, I feel like his ownership would be higher and I, it'll probably be higher tomorrow. But, um, you know, I was able to sneak in Lucchese in two leagues uh, last night and pick him up. And, and Skaggs, I picked up after his first start of the season. I like him. I love the stuff. I've been watching his starts. His curveball is really good. And his curveball isn't at peak performance yet because it's been very hard to hit over the last two seasons. Yesterday they showed a stat on the broadcast that opponents were hitting really well off the curveball. That might be down now after last night's start. But he, I guess he just hasn't really had it yet. It will get better. But this was a good matchup for him. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to struggle against lefties, at least until Adrian Beltre snaps out of it. Uh, they didn't have Odor, obviously, even though he's not so great. He's also faced Cleveland, uh, and they have, they are the worst hitting team in baseball right now, believe it or not. So, uh, I, I think with Skaggs, it's like, I'm not looking, look, if he has that huge breakout, great. Even if he doesn't, he's still gonna be worth the roster ad, you know, he's like, he's gonna be worth owning. I, and w- I think with a lot of these fringy starting pitchers, like, they're gonna have bad starts. I don't want to be adding them, dropping them, adding them, dropping them, just shuttling them in, in and out of my on my roster all all year. Like I don't want to go crazy, so I'm buying into Skaggs at least in terms of, you know, let's see where he, I'm not going to drop him if he has a bad start next time. But Fultonevich, yeah, like Scott, he's just been too he's just been too inconsistent throughout his career, and he's just fooled us too many times. So I needed to see more before I bought in. I yeah, that's he as Chris said, the ownership just seemed way too high on Fultonevich at 78. I mean, but part of that is like, if that was the the breakthrough for uh, for Fultonevich, if he did develop this changeup that was going to round his arsenal out finally, like if you didn't pick him up, then you were going to miss out on that. Yeah, and it's like it's it's fine. Like I I don't know I don't I don't mind the all right let's pick him up and see where this goes next time out. Eh, I didn't like where it went. Let's see who else is out there. Oh, Lucchese. Let's swap him out for Lucchese. Like, I don't mind right. that if it's... Right, but there's an opportunity cost when you're picking up a guy with 400 career innings in the majors because you think that might be the breakout. You might have missed Tyler Skaggs. You might have missed well, I don't Sean know that Newcomb. I would... You might have missed Joey Lucchese. Yeah, well, I, I whatever. wouldn't have held on to Fultonevich over any of those guys at the time, is the thing. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's usually right, roster 80... spots to play with. But he's and 80% there's... owned. There has to be. Like, that's something that happened to somebody. Well, I think he, I, I, he's a two-star pitcher this week, right, Fulton Evich? Uh... Um, he was. I can't remember. He may have been one that changed on uh, on Sunday. Also, I can't his minor league numbers are bad. Get him out of here. Right, yeah. <laughs> let's stop talking about Mike Fulton. Yeah, let's stop talking about him. This isn't talking chop. Let's get to the big news. Nick Senzel could be called up in two days without the Reds losing a year of control. Wait, last thing on Fulton Evich. As, as Scott mentioned, <laughs> it, it really wasn't that bad of a start yesterday. Like, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on him. Uh, he faced the Nationals for the second time this year, and he only gave up two earned runs in five innings. So I know the strikeouts He's... weren't there, but like he has a two ninety three ERA, five walks, eighteen strikeouts, a fifteen and a third. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. He is a former CBS law procedural. What? Am I getting the details on that right? He's a jag. Uh, uh... <laughs> 
That was a show, right? Yeah, it was a show. That was a show, yeah. Just the guy. He's a jag. All right, Nick Senzel. I don't think Senzel. that's what it stood for on the show. Nick Senzel of the Reds can be called up in a couple of days without the Reds losing a year of control. Uh, how interested are you in picking up Nick Senzel? He played third base in the uh, AAA game, I believe, yesterday. So that seems to be a good sign for his chances to be the Eugenio Suarez replacement. I'm very yeah, excited. He had, been, he had been the second baseman prior to that. So that uh, that was C. Trent Rosencrans, one of the Reds beat writers, was speculating that meant. Just like saying that name. Yeah, but I think well, he said, I know he's. I actually know him. I think so he, he said yeah, it wrong. He used to be a CBS uh, baseball writer. Well, you so. mess you mess his name up, Scott. You owe him an apology. What did I say? C. Trent. What did you What did you say? Well, what is it? <laughs> I don't want to say it again. If Rose I was wrong. Rosecrans. There's no N in there. Just C. Oh. C. Trent Rosecrans. Yes, yeah, he's I, a good guy. I didn't put an N in there. I said Rosecrans. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, my bad. No, I guess it's wrong. It's just Rosecrans. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, Senzel's 48% owned. Senzel is 48% owned. Must add, if he gets called up, which uh, that's will. a little strong. I mean, he hasn't. He didn't. If have Scott a great Kingery, spring. if Scott Kingery was a must add, Nick Senzel is a must add. Well, but was Scott Kingery a must add? Because I just dropped him in a league. I think he was very much viewed as a must add when we found out he was being called up. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I in in our. Memorial Magazine League, which is 360 players rostered. I couldn't figure out who to drop for Senzel. Like, it would be somebody like Cole Calhoun or Jesse Winker or either of the Brewers guys. I kind of want to try and corner that situation because I'm short on saves. So, Oh, it's Albers, isn't you hear? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've just had to leave him out there in a league that's fairly deep for a mixed league. So I, I can't. If I couldn't add him even in that league, I don't know how I could call him must-add. Now, obviously, very exciting prospect, but, uh, you know, didn't have a very good spring, isn't off to a good start in the minors. It would be a short-term stay unless he just, you know, is awesome. So, I obviously, there's no downside to picking up somebody at that talent level. It could be a Cody Bellinger situation where we thought it was going to be a short stay for him last year, and look what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but Well, so it might not. It's like... Four to six weeks for Suarez, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, anything can happen. Of course. Yep. All and right. we've already seen Senzel can play second base, shortstop. So. All right, Nick yeah, Senzel. I mean, could be exciting. 48% owned. Johnny Cueto's on the DL with an ankle injury. Could just be uh, the minimum stay there for him. Charlie Blackman was scratched with quad tightness. So now Blackman has back and quad issues. And Noah Syndergaard, I, I think I briefly mentioned this yesterday, but probably should have mentioned it more uh, for a guy who's always injured. He had two blisters on his hand in Monday's start. So between Blackman with the quad and back issues and Cindergard with two blisters on his hand on Monday, and he downplayed it, said it was no big deal, but we know blisters can be a big deal. Uh, are you concerned right now with Blackman or Cindergard? No, I'm not concerned right now. Okay, moving on. Yoana Cespedes has been battling illness. He was in a 1-for-21 slump with 13 strikeouts, but it's starting to feel better. Uh, get, get well soon. We wish you would get well, whatever they say. Shohei Otani is going to DH today against a lefty. That'll be the first time he starts against a lefty, and he will pitch on Sunday. So they gave him a full week off. Uh, he'll pitch on Sunday after starting. That brilliant start was on Sunday. Adam Eaton has a bone bruise in his ankle, is likely to go on the DL and sink all of my teams this week. 
because I started him. He could be a minimum stay for Adam Eaton, but a uh, rough start for him. Brian Goodwin should get more playing time this week. Will Myers will not come off the DL when he's first eligible. It shouldn't be much longer for Myers, but won't be back when first eligible. Rugnet Odor is expected to miss three weeks. Jerickson Profar batted second for the Rangers. Uh, are you adding Profar anywhere? No. AL only. Yeah. AL only. Drew but Pomer- I, I want to watch him. Okay, I want to see if something can happen there. Drew Pomerantz could be back next week for Boston. Ian Kinsler expected to return tomorrow. Irvin Santana has been cleared to throw. And Washington outfield prospect Victor Robles, a great prospect, has a hyperextended elbow and will be eva- reevaluated next week. So he's uh, got to be less stashable now, right, Scott? Victor Robles? Doesn't seem like he'll be up as soon to replace Michael Taylor as hoped with this news. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Michael Taylor is certainly doing his part, not hitting a lick. So, yeah, I actually uh, did drop him in the uh, in that Memorial Magazine League just because I needed to pick someone up. Nick Senzel? Rob- uh, Robles. I dropped Victor Robles to pick up Dansby Swanson. You should have picked up Nick Senzel. Senzel. Well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you should have. I'm going to do right. it. Somebody needs to do it. I'm going to do it right now. I got some crap on my yeah. team. Senzel, you will be mine. Oh, yes. Sounds like you said Denzel. Senzel Washington, what, what kind great of fab, team name. What kind of fab are you looking to put in, Scott, or Adam? I mean, am I supposed to tell you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that that's seems... the point. That's supposed to be helpful to our audience. That seems counterproductive. Adam, I think you should give our audience a an idea of what kind of fab bid this guy's worth. Okay, fine. I will. I will say that out of a $100 budget, I have like 83 left, 82. Uh-huh. I'm only going I'm going to bid $0, so I think you're fine to just uh you're fine to just bid 1. And you'll get it okay. at one. All right. <laughs> That's just a joke. Uh, I mean, if nobody picked him up last night, you could maybe get away with it. I know. Time. I should have thought. I didn't, then I again, he's probably going to be the lead of the prospects report today. So if I have any pull in the way people manage their rosters, maybe not. Okay. Well, we will uh, wrap it up, B. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Wrap it up, B. Uh, stat of the day. Hanley Ramirez leads all first baseman with three steals. He stole Woo! another one. He's 85% owned. Hanley's the number four first baseman of points, number one in Roto. Do you buy Hanley Ramirez, who last year was hot garbage, but the year before was the number nine first baseman in fantasy with a 286 batting average and 30 homers in 147 games? I mean, he said back in February he wanted to be a 30-30 player this year, and as I've said before... Many times, stolen bases are largely uh, a matter of desire, how willing you are to actually run. Uh, so he's following through on it, which is great news. Um, I I mean, I think he needs to be owned if he's doing, certainly in any categories league. So it kind of start he's off to, both as a hitter and a base runner. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is owned. Hanley's 85% owned, so it's, I guess, okay. a matter of, who would you rather have? I'll he throw was out hardly some names. drafted, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, he's been um, picked up. H- Hanley or Justin Smoke? Smoke. I mean, Smoke's off to a good start too. So yeah, I got I got to stick with Smoke there. Hanley or Eric Thames? Hanley. Hanley or Matt Olson? Matt Olson. Hmm, yeah, Olson, but he's got to start hitting. Hanley or Jose Martinez? Hanley. 
I will take Jose Martinez. It's a little risky to buy into Hanley, isn't it? I mean, he is 34, and he's had... You're 34. <laughs> I, I will be soon. <laughs> I, I mean, the main thing with Hanley is just like, when is, like, can he can he maintain this level of focus and this level of health for a full six months? And I, I have my doubts about that, but he certainly looks like good Hanley right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 34, but he's healthy right now. He's playing first base. He's batting third for the Red Sox. He was definitely one of my favorite sleepers coming into the season. All right, I'm going to take a look at deep leagues here. I'm going to give you some names. You tell me if you're interested in picking any of them up. They are owned in less than 20% of leagues. Three hitters. Joe Maurer, Malik Smith, and Curtis Granderson. Joe Maurer, Malik Smith, and Curtis Granderson. Keep in mind with Malik Smith, I don't know if this matters, but Kevin Kiermaier expected to play today. Maurer should probably be owned in on-base percentage leagues. Malik Smith should probably be owned in roto leagues. And Granderson is fine. He's <laughs> he's. I own him in uh, one 15-team league where I needed to fill an outfield spot late, and he was there. The thing about Maurer, like if it's a roto on base percentage league where you got corner infield, first base, utility, you know, the bigger lineups, maybe. Uh, but like if it's a standard points league, there's just, there's not, you're not going to be able to get far enough down at first base to own yeah. him as, as good as he is as a walker. Yeah. Maurer was the number 22 first baseman in points last year, number 29 in roto. He played 141 games and batted 305, but only seven home runs. Uh, how about the pitchers that are owned in less than 20% of leagues? Andrew Kashner, another really good start. Seven scoreless innings against the Blue Jays with six strikeouts, 250 ERA so far. Homer Bailey had a good start at Philadelphia, very good. Matt Boyd was pretty good at Cleveland. Tyler Anderson, really good at home against the Padres. Uh, Josh Tomlin, five scoreless against Detroit. Brent Suter was okay against the Cardinals. Caleb Smith struck out seven Mets. He has 19 strikeouts, but also 10 walks and 13 in the third. It's a lot of names. Andrew Kashner, Homer Bailey, Matt Boyd, Tyler Anderson, Josh Tomlin, Brent Suter, Caleb Smith. Who are your two or three favorites there? Like, I'd, I'd probably rank them uh, maybe exactly as you have the top four here. Kashner, Bailey, Boyd, Anderson. Those are really the only ones I'm interested in. But the interest is mild. Like, I just poo-pooed Kashner earlier. And he's the one I ranked first of those four. Like Bailey, Bailey in particular is off to a really weird start because two of his first three starts have been great. Not getting any swinging strikes and his velocity is actually down like three miles per hour. So I don't like, you know, a guy with two no hitters on his resume obviously has upside. Is he really showing us that upside just because he's pitched well? I have my doubts about that. Boyd right. is probably number one for me just because he's young. It's not. A ringing endorsement. But we don't have any uh the next Joey Lucases in this group. I would guess not. Right. Caleb okay. Smith might be the Marlins' best starter. You think he's going to strike out 100 guys, Chris? <laughs> that was Your bold prediction was that he wouldn't have any. I mean, he's well on his way. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh, bullpen. I'll give you a name. You give me a reaction. Jacob Barnes. Blue save. We already talked about this. We still don't know. Heath and, or Chris and I kind of think it's Albers. Scott's kind of hedging. I mean, if I'll you play in a league where there are no saves on the waiver wire, you got to hold on to them. I'll say this. Albers will get the next save opportunity. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. you got to hold on to Albers, too. Okay, and Kenley Jansen got a save. Two-out save yesterday. Quick reaction. Seems fine. Seems fine. Works for me. Brad Ziegler gave up a run, took a loss in a non-save situation. 
So I'd be worried about him losing his job, but Kyle Bearclaw was terrible the inning before he um, even worse than Ziggler was in the ninth. So I don't know that there's like Drew Steckenrider's there too and is off to a decent start. Like I feel like it's a situation. Marlon's obviously not going to win a lot of games. They don't have a great closing option. Like this is this is there are probably some setup men I'd rather have than Ziggler. <laughs> right, because his ratio has already been good. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Strickland yeah. gave up a run, first blown save of the season. Yeah. Whatevs. It's it's fine. Alex Colome, you. He's just been terrible. He's an eleven twenty five ERA. He got the save, but he gave up a home run. He's got three saves and five chances, four walks, one strikeout, and in four innings for Alex Colome. Yeah, only one strikeout, like you said. After a year where the strikeouts evaporated on him, averaged less than eight per nine as a closer in today's game, that that never happens. It's a little scary. It's a little scary, and it's it's hard to make sense of because his velocity is still what it was two years ago when he had the really good season. Um, but he's he's I don't know. It, it looks like he's not throwing his fastball enough to me. This is what happens with relievers, like that. Sometimes they just lose it. Sometimes one year is just a mirage. That This is the risk when we invest heavily in relievers after one good season. I'm going to tell you why this is actually a good thing for Alex Colomay, that he's been so tell me. bad. Tell me. He's killing his trade value. Ah, that's a good point. <laughs> right? that's, some really galactic, good point. that's some galactic brain stuff. I mean, he was one of the most likely players, most likely closers to get traded. As you know, they're tanking. I, what are they going to get for him at this point? He might stay the closer. Can't lose your... Can't lose your closer's job if you pitch too poorly to get traded. <laughs> exactly. And here's the other thing: like, who would replace him? Sergio Romo, maybe? Like, they don't have. There, there's not like this obvious guy in waiting. There's so, a guy uh, who throws hard. I said his name on yesterday's podcast. And now I can't remember it. <laughs> okay, and uh, Ryan Matson got the save yesterday instead of Sean Doolittle. It was a four-run game in the ninth. Sammy Solis started it for the Nationals. He gave up a run. Madsen came in and got the final outs. Doolittle had pitched Saturday and Sunday, but not Monday. Maybe they're just being cautious with him. He's had arm issues in the past. Uh, what do you make of that, Chris, Ryan Madsen, with the two-out save? I, I don't think there's anything there. Sean Doolittle's probably not someone who's going to work like three times in four days too often, so I, I would guess it's just a workload management thing. And Roberto Osuna is the youngest player ever to reach 100 saves. He's 23 years old. And Edwin Diaz, my goodness, only three saves, hadn't pitched in a while. But four innings, he has not given up a hit or a walk. He has hit at least one batter. He has yeah, not remember given up how rough run. he was on the first, uh, I think he hit two batters in the first uh, outing. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but four scoreless innings, no walks, 11 strikeouts so far for Edwin Diaz. You're not going to be putting Edwin Diaz in your draft lineups. But you are going to have a hell of a lot of fun on the draft app, as I am having every single day, multiple contests a day for me. Yeah, yesterday I went 0 for 2. Against the listeners, I came in third place out of five. Dallas Keuchel uh, did me in there. I had Keuchel, Altuve, Eric Hosmer, Mike Trout, and Reese Hoskins, who scored zero points, Reese Hoskins. Um, So, yeah, I did not win. But uh, also lost on the sports line. I uh, was second out of three there. But anyway, I'm having so much fun. You do snake drafts on the Draft app. And what you're going to do is you're going to download the Draft app or go to Draft.com and play some Daily Fantasy Baseball uh, with a great chance to win some money. And the contest started at just $1. There's a draft out there for everyone. When you make your first deposit on Draft, use the promo code FB today. So you'll play in a real money game for free. 
if you use the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. I really think you're going to love it. There's no reason why you wouldn't. You love doing drafts, and you love playing fantasy baseball. The drafts take just a few minutes. I mean, it's really quick. You draft five players. You can do expert mode where you can remove the best players and, and make it a little bit harder. You can draft with uh, nine people. You can draft with one person head-to-head. Whatever you want to do. And again, you can play for free if you want, but the drafts also, they start at just one buck, so you can make some money. Download the Draft app or go to Draft.com and enter the promo code FB today. Our listeners get into a real money draft when you make it for free, when you make your first deposit and use that code FB today. All right, worry about the dog Wednesday. update, Chris? What's the dog update? Is there, are oh, there, yeah. Are the, oh, he's just laying him? there. Just laying on the bed. The construction workers leave. Am I going to win this con- competition? I, I'm worried because they have to come paint my room. Oh, so yeah. So I'm worried that they're going oh, to yeah. knock. I don't know if my wife told them to wait until 1030. Let's, so let's there's still a chance. In the next half hour. I hope she didn't. <laughs> okay, now it's time for Worryometer Wednesday. Zero to ten on the Worryometer. Dallas Keuchel has walked nine batters in 15 innings, and the Twins had the perfect blueprint against him yesterday. They just were laying off all those pitches down in the zone, and he wasn't getting the calls, and they were not strikes. So Keuchel, Worryometer, he's got a 420 ERA, nine walks, 13 strikeouts, and 15 innings. I mean, Like a he, two for me. He doesn't throw the ball in the zone. That's kind of his thing. So I think these kind of starts are going to happen eventually, but... The track record of it not working is pretty limited. So I'm going to say one. For Dallas Keuchel. How about Miguel Cabrera? He does not have an extra base hit in his last seven games. He is four for his last 23 and is now batting 243 with a home run on the season. Worryometer on Miguel Cabrera. I was looking at the StatCast leaderboard yesterday. He is second in the majors in exit velocity, average exit velocity. (laughs) Surprise. Tigers. Well, no, nah, it's good. It's good. I don't know. Is it still messed up? I don't know. I'm just messing around. <laughs> okay, so the the thing there was, <clears throat> it never really seemed like there was anything wrong with the Statcast data. It was always the the Fangraphs data. I think I can't remember who they get theirs from, but that was where the the hard hit data uh, was where it seemed to be really wonky. Oh, that's different okay. than the exit velocity. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So Scott, I'm sorry, give me a number on Miguel Cabrera. I will say, I will say four, five. I just want to. I, I think he's been in a lot of really cold weather. Uh, they've really yeah. cooled yeah, off. Yeah, Tigers have played in a lot of cool weather. So look, four walks, eight strikeouts. It's not like he's got terrible plate discipline. Okay, so we're moderately concerned about Miggy. How about Edwin Encarnacion? Three walks, twelve strikeouts, and a one fifty eight batting average in eleven games. Is it? Is it April 2017 all over again? Yeah. Or, or April 2016 or 2015. Uh, you can't you can't get worried about Edwin Encarnacion. I, I said this before the season. You can't get worried about Edwin Encarnacion probably until the end of May. And there's a chance that he's just lost it and you won't know. And he might just sink your season. That was always the risk with Edwin Encarnacion. But you can't. What are you going to do? You can't jump ship. You can't trade him. You just have to let him ride it out like last season. Okay, so we're going to put him very low on the worryometer. We don't even need a number. Gary Sanchez is batting 056 in nine games with no walks and six strikeouts. Worryometer on Gary Sanchez. Zero. Zero. Worryometer on George Springer. He is batting 188 with a home run, 
No steals, five walks, 15 strikeouts, three doubles in 12 games. George Springer, where are you at? Zero. One. Marcel Ozuna has no walks and 15 strikeouts, and he's batting over 300. With no walks and 15 strikeouts <laughs> in 11 games for Marcelo Zuna. Worryometer on Marcelo Zuna. I think clearly we undervalued the, the Marlins hitting coach last season. Yeah. Between him and Giancarlo Stan, these guys are just done. And Bohr, <laughs> Justin Bohr. Oh, do they have the same hitting coach this year or do they have a new one? I have no idea. Bohr hit a home run though yesterday. They He's fine. two home runs. Who was the Marlins hitting coach last year? It was Bonds two years ago, right? I have no idea. Uh, if you don't know, it's the Marlins, Dan. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a that's a. I mean, I had worries Marcel about Marcel Ozuna coming in, so I'm not going to say zero. But my worries haven't grown. I think he's actually first, the guy ahead of Miguel Cabrera on uh, average exit velocity. So I'll oh. say I'll say two. Okay, so no big concerns yet. And how about Joseph Gallo? Gallo is, went 0 for 4 yesterday. He's batted fifth, fifth, sixth, and seventh in his last four games against two righties and two lefties. Gallo's batting 208 with three home runs, three walks, and 13 strikeouts. I'm a little worried about the the batting order thing, but he's not getting sat, so I'll say a one. Like Joey Gallo's going to be streaky. He's still hitting for power. I'm fine with it. Mike Pagliarulo, the hitting coach, is the Marlins' hitting coach. Yes, I think that's the point with with Gallo is that you know either you believe in him or you don't right now, but he's going to be streaky. So, right, and he's he's got like a sub two hundred Babbitt right now, and he's always going to be a low Babbitt guy, but he's actually not striking out very much uh, relative to him. So, he I just, just needs to go on a on a homer binge. Yeah, I, I have trouble getting worried about it when he's actually showing some improved skills. Okay, how about this last one? Ninety three percent owned. We haven't talked about him. I don't think we've mentioned him much uh, at all. Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall is 93% owned, and he's batting 111. And he's been, you know, like a top 25 outfielder each of the last two seasons All, with terrible second halves. He's usually a, a hot starter. But Adam Duvall, worryometer here. I don't think there's much reason to own him in a points league. Uh, I think in if you drafted him for power to Roto League, though, he's still going to come around with that. I mean, he's he has a very streaky profile also. Um just a two true outcomes guy, basically. Yeah. Because he doesn't walk at all. <laughs> and that's gonna so, make it that's gonna make it even hurt hurt even more when he's slumping like he is now. Yeah. Three or four. Just uh, I guess there's a little extra worry in that outfield if anyone goes on an extended slump, they could just lose playing time. Maybe tomorrow I'll ask you who you're actually worried about since it is so early and uh, we can dismiss so much of it. I wrote a bit about that yesterday, Adam. Oh, okay, good. We'll, uh, we'll check that out then. CBSSports.com slash fantasy. Also, check out the Jonah Carey podcast. He sat down with New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who is a big Red Sox fan, refuses to go to Yankee Stadium. He asked him about a lot of stuff. Some political stuff, but nothing controversial or anything like that. Um, like, for example, how it needs to be much easier to vote in the United States. Um, and, and Jonah's Canadian, so, uh, I think, you know, they shared some insights there. Uh, some New York City stuff, just a lot of really interesting stuff. And, and Jonah's very proud of this interview, and I think uh, you should check it out, cbssports.com uh, slash podcast if you want to look in, on how to subscribe or just search for the Jonah Carey Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's read a few relevant emails. We still have Grade the Trade coming up. This is from Sam. 
Jacob Junis is available. Should I drop Tanner Roark for Junis? I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's close enough that... Yeah, I, I I think if you're in a league where Jake Junis is still available, you could probably sneak Roark through, and if he heats up, you can maybe make a move for him later. Curtis from Calgary, if you could discuss James Paxton and his slow start to the season, that'd be great. Uh, the second start was good. Yeah, it was good. He got attacked by an eagle. Leave the man alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think we're fine with Paxton, right? Yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. It's just such it. a small sample. Like, his first start was bad. His second start was good. I don't know what more you wanted to see from that second start. To yeah, can you guys fine. hear him? He's barking? The dog? He's barking? He's making some noise. He hasn't let out a full bark yet. Oh! oh that was a big yawn. <laughs> it was, that was a yawn? Yeah, that was a big yawn. So he's, a, he's the type of mix that he is. Half of him is a boxer. And half of him is another dog that doesn't bark. They yodel. Uh, I thought so you were he say has weird vocalization things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here's an email from Chris in Salt River Fields. On yesterday's podcast, you said you didn't know why Bradley got the save instead of Boxberger. That's because Terry Lavello deploys Bradley versus the other team's heart of the order whenever they come up in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. So uh, two nights ago, Godley pitched seven innings. He like uh, Lavello likes to use Hirano versus the bottom of the order. So Hirano pitched the eighth, and then the top of the order came up in the ninth, and he went with Bradley. You will be seeing this all year long. Bradley will be facing the other team's most dangerous hitters. So it's a little Andrew Miller. And Andrew Miller got a save yesterday, too. No, uh, two days ago, I believe, right? And Allen got it yesterday, right? Yeah, that's what I meant, two days ago. The same the same day Bradley got his save. Yeah, except I, I think um, Allen was unavailable. Like, like this is I, I think this is more... More. Like, uh, I, I I saw it as a situation where the ninth inning came and they hadn't used their best reliever yet, so let's use him. Okay. Well, I, this seems like to, to me, it seems like the Diamondbacks could be giving more saves to Bradley than I don't think it's a big deal either way than uh, than the Indians would give to Miller. But uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, Jeff from Iowa. How should I view Michael Franco? Has he finally come around, or is he just on a hot streak? Uh, I would say hot streak. It doesn't help that he's losing playing time every third or fourth game to Kingery. I'm not getting excited about him, personally. And now checking, just to go back to the closer thing. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think Cody Allen had a workload issue at all when Miller got to save. Because he pitched the day before, but that was it. You can pitch back-to-back. All right, and from AJ. Hey, Michael, Job, Buster, and George. I know them. Sounds like arrested development. Sure does. Who would you rather stash, Austin Hayes or Willie Calhoun? I Probably would... Hayes. Yeah. I mean, a week ago I had Calhoun in the top five prospects to stash. The you know, the, the debut of the prospects report for this year had Calhoun and not Hayes. But we're so far into this to Shields injury now, and there have been no rumblings about Calhoun getting the call. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm gonna lean Hayes. Let's look at the double dongs from yesterday. Javi Baez, Justin Bohr, and Esdrubal Cabrera. Baez, 88% owned. Bohr, 62% owned. Esdrubal Cabrera, 49% owned. Scott White, what stood out to you with the double dongers? Uh, I would say, first of all, Esdrubal Cabrera was in the top 10 sleeper hitters for this week. So. Cool. Woo! Right. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's off to a pretty good start. He's he's always he's been kind of undervalued. Yeah, triple eligible. Uh, made a lot of contact even before this two homer game. So I think uh, I think he's pretty solid. Like the problem is, there's so much depth at all of those infield spots where he's eligible that, like, he's never going to be like a universally owned guy. I think Bohr. I think people were a little too down on Bohr the first couple weeks. He was actually available in one of my 15 team roto leagues last week. Actually, Tout War, my Tout Wars league. He was available in that. And so I put in a big, big form. I'm, I'm not sure if I won him or not, but it was ridiculous. I thought in a format that deep, somebody would drop Justin Bohr. Hopefully this is the start of him getting hot. Okay. Rotation stuff. Severino, bad. Nola, good. Snell, both. <laughs> Five walks, ten strikeouts. I, actually, Snell's walks have got to be discussed here. Ten walks in 15 innings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really an issue until this start. And really, I think it was only an issue late in that start. I think he had like one or two walks going into the last inning. Um, I'd have to I'd have to disagree, though. He had three walks in three and a third at the Yankees. That's but that's one where like if he goes like the issue there was he was getting hit hard by a team that hits the ball hard. The issue was he walked three and three and a third. I mean, come on. It's an issue. Sure. It but was. if he had pitched two more innings. And like, he probably would have walked more batters. Walk right, but that's the thing is that like it was such a short start that it's hard to take anything out of that. You can go three innings, walk three guys, and then end up with three walks over six innings. He had the opposite of that this start. He that's didn't true. walk that many early. And actually, I if, mean, he, if he had only thrown four more innings in this start and thrown a complete game, he would have only it walked five. Been, yeah. Well, it would have I, been I, I think what Chris is saying, like it's it's hard to tell how walks are going to be distributed over a start and if it was... Yes. And it, it, three is such a small number. It, it's just hard to know how exactly it would Right, like if it out. was five in three and thir- in a third innings, I would think that's bad. All right, but if we yeah. just look at the third, at, at 10 walks in 15 innings for a guy who had major, major control issues, yeah. I, I think it's a red yeah, flag I mean, for Snell. Yeah, I, I think Chris's point is a valid one, but I think your point is a valid one too, Adam. I agree, both. Yes, uh-huh. valid. Yeah, he has he uh he showed improved control after returning from the minors last year that hasn't carried over into this season. And it's a little concerning at the same time. His he's stuff looks pretty close to unhittable. Yeah, yeah, his stuff looks absolutely filthy right now. And that that's why I'm not that concerned about it cuz it's like he can't keep walking 10 batters every 15 innings. I don't think he will. And as long as the stuff looks as good as it does, I think he's the before this start, I know he was the biggest velocity gainer from last April in the entire majors among all starting pitchers. Um, I, I just, he looks too good for me to be worried right now. Maybe that's a little confirmation bias because I liked him as a breakout candidate coming into the season, but I just, I've come away so impressed by him, even if the results haven't necessarily been great. All right, that's Snell. And Corbin didn't have his best start, but it still had a pretty darn good start. With 16 swinging strikes and five and a third, he had five scoreless innings and ran into trouble in the sixth. So Corbin, Snell, Sean, Manaya, how do you rank them? Snell, Corbin, Manaya, but all three should be owned everywhere. Snell, Corbin, Manaya, and I think Corbin might be close to passing Snell for me. Okay, like I'm really, I'll, I'm all about that Corbin. Yeah, four walks, 29 strikeouts, and 18 and a third for Corbin. And, Scott, is there any reason why Tyler Chatwood and Felix Hernandez should be owned in 90 and 87% of leagues? Um, 
I was distracted by the 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 uh, squeaky gate noise that Chris's dog was making. <laughs> that was pretty distracting. So I didn't hear what you said. Tyler Chatwood is 90% owned. Felix Hernandez is 87% owned. Should they be that owned? Definitely not, especially Felix. All right. Time to grade some trades. I'll run through the rest of the notes. Aaron Hicks should be back tomorrow. Kevin Kiermeyer today. Tim Anderson stole his sixth base. Alex Gordon's on the DL with a hip injury. Kendris Morales on the DL with a hamstring strain, expected to miss just 10 days. Wellington Castillo day-to-day with knee soreness. Doug Fister expected to miss two to three weeks for the Rangers. Lorenzo Cain is day-to-day. And Jose Martinez is day-to-day. And Jorge Alfaro left after being hit by a pitch on the elbow. Let's get those pencils and papers out. Let's grade some trades. Class is in session. This is such a great song, isn't it? It's an oldie. It's a great song. Oldie, oldie but a goodie. You guys, I hope you guys can name that movie. Uh, no. Food fight scene. Oh, is that uh, Animal House? It is Animal House. Youngins. Probably not the only movie that song was used in. It's the only movie that counts. Scott, you've seen it. F-W-I-W. Scott, are you you older than I am? I always forget. I am a couple months older than you are, yes. Oh, that's right. You just turned 34. Senior citizens. (laughs) Chris is like 26 or something. And he's the CEO of the company. All right, grade the trade. (laughs) Chris, Chris from Nashville gives up Lester and Clevenger gets Darvish. That seems like a C to me. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Lester and Clevenger for Darvish. I would give that a C minus. Ooh, I was going to rather C-plus. have the stud. No, yeah. He's getting the. Stud. This is unbelievable. Scott White never knows. Dang it! <laughs> he never Dang knows. Dang it! All right, so you give up so Lester and Clevenger for Darvish. Scott says C plus. I say C plus. Chris says C. You know what? I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Because there's more wiggle room on the right side of C. Aaron from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Give up Shohei Otani. Ooh. In a dynasty points league. Get Rizzo and Quintana. Give up Otani. Get Rizzo and Quintana. That feels like an A plus to me. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be an A, a if it was I'll, just I'll Rizzo. I'll dock it that that plus since it's a dynasty and you know those two players are older, but um, yeah, it's a really good trade. From John, give up Luis Castillo, get Clevenger and Snell. Give up Luis Castillo, get Clevenger and Snell. I think that's a B. No, it's a B minus. B. Yeah, I mean you're losing the better player, but not by much. And Ryan in Oklahoma is in a 10-team Roto Keeper League. OBP and quality starts. Uh, I would give up Aaron Nola, a 16th-round pick next year, for Shohei Otani, a 6th-round pick next year. And he can use Otani both as a hitter and a pitcher. So give up Nola for Otani, but much better value for Nola. 16th-round keeper compared to Otani as a 6th-round keeper. Yeah, I think that's probably like a C-. minus. The yeah. the fact that it's daily league, so you can use Otani in both ups his value, but I don't think he's that much better than Nola as a pitcher. 
to give up 10 rounds. By the way, Nola went eight innings yesterday. Yeah. Sure over 100 did. pitches. Kapler! The <laughs> third time. Gabe Kapler is softening. Uh, yeah, you figured he's, he would at least with Nola. He's, uh, he's scared. The biggest he's scared idiot in job. the world. Hey. This is what? That's what everybody in baseball is saying. Oh, you're Y'all being fantastic. scared. Uh, from Thomas, grade the trade. Give up. Give up A.J. Pollock and Verlander. This is a tough one. I could not figure out if I like this one or not. Give up A.J. Pollock, who's having a great start, and Verlander. Get J.D. Martinez and Madison Bumgarner to keeper well, league. I think Bumgarner's better than Verlander, especially in a keeper league, and I think J.D. Martinez is better than A.J. Pollock, so it's pretty easy wait. for me. Bumgarner's not going to pitch for a month and a half. How is he better than Verlander? It's a, it's a keeper league. All right, but for this year, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little tough. I, I'd still do it. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're thinking long-term, you have to do it. I, I don't know exactly how many players are being kept there, though. If it's like three or four players being kept, I'm not five. sure. Five. In fact, it's a keeper. Okay, five. Eh. Still a lot of turnover in that league. I'm not sure you should use keeper considerations as the... Uh, that should be driving your decision here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna prefer the Verlander side. I'm gonna give it a C- wait. Is that that's who he was giving up? Yeah, C yeah. minus. C minus. I remembered. I remembered. I'm right. like visualize. I'm doing these hand motions to help me visualize Good. it as you're saying it. It's helping. You are. This is from Bobby. Grade the trade. Scam. Kreeth. Kratom and Screeth. Six by six. Two keeper league. Give up Tanaka and Paxton. Give up Tanaka and Paxton. Get. Kenley Jansen and Garrett Richards. Tanaka mm. and Paxson for Jansen uh, and Richards. That, that is, is a, a bad one. D. Yeah, that's yeah, a bad one. A D. Dirty D. Uh, Ryan from Cleveland. Categories League. Give up Dansby Swanson and Barrios for Lorenzo Kane and Gossman. Give up Swanson and Barrios. Get Lorenzo Kane and Kevin Gossman. It's worth it for Kane. Like, uh, I'll give it a B plus. Yeah, I think Dansby and Barrios for Kane would be fine. So... Josh from Fresno, grade the trade, 12-team Roto. I own Correa. I gave up Lindor for, Jer- for Garrett Cole and Jairus Familia. Gave up Lindor for Cole and Familia. Mm, C-. minus. He's looking for contextual extra credit by mentioning he has Correa. You know what? I'm high enough on Garrett Cole that I'll give that contextual extra credit. Ooh. I'll give him a B-. How's All that right. sound? That is uh, that is a good round of gray the trade. I'm just going to run through some questionable starters here. Tell me real quick, starter sit. Brandon McCarthy at the Nationals. Sit. Sit. Kyle Gibson against the Astros. Sit. Sit. Uh, Yanni Chirinos at the White Sox. Hey, Chris, is your dog sitting? He's lying down. Sit. Not very obedient. Not obedient at all. Yanni Torino. Uh, was he going to stand up and then sit just because I'm saying sit? An obedient in the room? dog would. He's, I, very, he's, he's a very good boy. Yanni Torino. We got to go. Sorry, guys. Yanni Torino's no at the Chirinos. White Sox. No, sit. No. Danny Chirinos. Duffy. Danny Duffy at home against the Mariners. No. Uh, I might start him, but I'd rather not sit. His velocity is down like two miles per hour right now. It's bad. Luis Castillo and Nick Pavetta. Reds at Phillies. Luis Castillo and Pavetta. Yes to Pavetta. I mean, sorry. Yes to Castillo. I want to see more from Pavetta. I'm not ready to trust him yet. Agreed. Estrada at Gosman. I'll start Estrada. Yeah. I want to see more from Gosman when things go bad for him. 
And, you know, he didn't use the splitter much in the first start. Starter uh, sit, so starter sit, sit starter sit. Tanaka yeah. and David Price. Start both. Yeah. Uh, Price, terrible history against the Yankees. Wheeler and Jaime Garcia. Oh, no, Jarlin Garcia, my bad. Sit. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Steven Brault and John Lester. Start uh, Lester. Sure. Angels rookie Jaime Berea at Matt Moore. Sit both. Daniel Mengden at Alex Wood. Start Wood, sit Mengden. That's going to do it for today's show. We... (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dog. Scott White. Mark. Good try. No, he's a good boy. Thank you for listening, everybody. We know much about fantasy baseball, and I know this much. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast.